Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. This is our special best of 2014 episode. That's right, we list our our favourite films, TV shows, comics, books, an event, and a special wild card, thanks to Bo's idea, Ooh. of 2014 AD, the year of our lord. <laughs> it's not AD anymore. Historians don't use that. We don't they use, use AD some, anymore? No, it's something else. It's like AE or... post Miley. <laughs> post Miley. <Yeah. laughs> we exist in the year of post-twerking. <laughs> And as a special treat, continuing the tradition, we also have a clip show uh, from Young Crystal at the end of the episode, so check it out. Yeah, so just as, as the, our tradition is, at our first episode of the year, it is, because it is a brand new year, if you've uh, been living in a cave, it is actually 2015, so it's our, our, our first episode in, of the year, and we're going to talk about our, our favourite things of the previous year. A few of our favourite A few of our favourite things. <laughs> yes. And the sound of music was not one of them. <laughs> Um, it was a weird year, 2014. It was uh, some highs and lows. I mean, not even just not just talking from a nerd culture perspective. There's uh, quite a, a few horrible things occurred in 2014. Some, it was some strikes a, and gutters. It was a bit of a downer. Yeah, I might have missed it, but did you actually introduce the? Um, no, I was doing an intro to the episode, and then oh. I introduced the actual crew. So you just you just you just eager for your moment in the sun. Is that what it is? No, I just you know I thought maybe I'd nod it off. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. All right. That, well, that being said, let's introduce the crew, and it's you're going to be last early on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so, uh, so I've tried to get as much of the as, of the of the whole crew as I could. Richard, hello, Luke. If you are have been living in a cave. Do you feel um, comfortable having someone else move in? Hey, Crystal. I'm having a cave. <laughs> Hang on, I thought you were going to put Crystal last. Okay, you've, should... you've dismissed poor Bo. But, 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 but she's my lovely wife. Oh, and, and of course, all the way from the United States, young Bo. How's it going, everybody? Hey. It's going good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm over here with all my hot dogs and guns and <laughs> <laughs> apple pie. Aren't you, actually, aren't you over there with a whole bunch of ice snaps and like snow and and uh, cars freezing to roads and stuff? Uh, no, not where I live. It's it, it hasn't snowed this year surprisingly. Oh, well, yeah. it's 2015, of course, but in, in 2014, I only think it snowed like once or twice. Because uh, so you're a fair distance away from New Hampshire, yeah, where they had that weird. Yeah, ice, yeah, definitely. Ice explosion definitely. or something. Whatever the hell happened. <laughs> it was bizarre. <laughs> the frost ice giants explosion. came. <laughs> yeah, they had something. It was on the, it was on the news yesterday. Was, they had some like, uh, just out of the blue. A, yeah, cold snap. Like a cold snap, yeah. yeah. Like, cars just stopped dead. 35-car pileup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. That's insane. I, I wonder how that... I don't even understand how that happens. No, it's... it's well, I'm not a meteor- meteorologist, David. Uh, as, as an Australian, my general response is, eh, it's America. <laughs> it started with one... Weird ca- stuff happens in America. Weird with- shit happens over there. <laughs> it started with one car went underneath it. It skidded and went underneath a truck and burst into flames. Yeah. All right. I, I Jeez, know, that's just, horrible. As, should be telling as jokes a science fiction it. fan, as, uh, no, no one dies. Oh, um, as, as a science fiction fan, I, I put it down to the Earth hates us. It is trying to wipe us out as the virus that we are. It's yeah, the, okay, it's that works. System. Yeah, that's, that's what it <laughs> that is. That works for me. Anyway, so back to NCP. <laughs> <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. Back to us. So, uh, yeah, so we, we'll go, we're going to go through our uh, best of 2014. Uh, it's, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to allow, because I've got a couple myself, so I'm going to allow a couple of honourable mentions, but essentially it's our favourite film, TV, comic, book, event. Uh, ga- oh. Film, TV, <laughs> comic. What are you laughing at me for? 
Because you're funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> Film, TV, comic, book, event, and wildcard of 2014. In a funny kind of a way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to mix it up. And we're going to uh, we're going to let Bo go first because he's American. He's going to he's got a weapon. <laughs> Are we doing just one and yeah. then kind of roundtabling it? Yeah, we're going we're going to roundtable it. So let's start with our favorite, uh, the best film of 2014. Tusk, of course. <laughs> Did you, have you actually seen it now? I saw it last night. I watched it last night. And is it actually your favorite? No, no. Thank it's God. Not. It's a... <laughs> I just said that because I knew you'd get a kick out of it. <laughs> so, you were, so, you were, so completely off track. You actually you saw it last night and very very quick rating. Oh, man. I can't talk about that movie in any kind of quick fashion. I, I loved it. I loved oh, it. Oh, no. I, up until the walrus suit. And then I was uh, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm actually serious. I'm having heart palpitations. The fact that you did it is not good. No, I really thought, you didn't think, like, I really thought the beginning was intense. And then the it seems like two different movies, the beginning yeah. and the end. Yeah. You know I'm what I mean? Good. Yeah. Like the ending would have worked if it were the ending to a different movie, and the beginning would have worked had it if it didn't have that ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yep. sweet. Fair enough. All right, All right so our favorite favorite film of 2014, Interstellar. Fair enough. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Why is that? I, I, I loved that movie. Um, I think that there were flaws in it, but uh, it hit all the right buttons with me. It was a movie made for Bo McCoy. That's exactly what it was. It, it, <laughs> it actually I says that in the credits. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I noticed that. That's that's why I added it to my list. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just jump in here? Because um, it's actually my favorite movie of the year as well. So I thought Bo and I could talk about it together. Yeah, we got good taste. I yeah. Got you. Synchronicity, we're, we're linked, right? This, this is it. This is a bonding yeah. moment for us. This is getting no homo, <laughs> Now, um, I, no, like, th- this was also a movie made specifically for, for David Richardson as well. Like, I just, <laughs> like, seriously, I, I love, I, I love that sort of, uh, big high concept science fiction stories, and I wish there was a lot more of it out there. I, I really like that, like you're saying, it's really high, kind of high brow science fiction, but it, it doesn't explain it to you. It's not really like yeah. it doesn't hold your hand and guide you through it, you know. And, and it I, also, I really like that. It's, it kind of takes it, you know, kind of takes it for granted that you've probably already seen some of these concepts in other science fiction films. And and I really like that. I don't like that it seemed that it had to tell me, you know, you know why time is connected to gravity and, and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I, I like that it just kind of presented it and then and then made a story out of it, you know. I also appreciated the fact that despite the big high concept. Um, ideas in the film it doesn't lose sight of its character story either um you know yeah. it, it it still grounds it in uh, the story of matthew mcconaughey's character and his relationship with his daughter and um yeah i just i really appreciated it um having said that i must admit i actually haven't seen a lot of films this year it's been a bit of a, a it's been a tough year for, year for film man I, i've missed it's, a lot of the films really that people good. have been uh, ranting about like tusk yeah uh, <laughs> i've got like 10 honorary mentions right it's, it's, it's been a great great year yeah, Chris. I actually haven't seen a lot of film this year either. Um, I, I'm still yet to see Interstellar, so um, that that may have been my, my top film. I don't, I don't <laughs> it probably know. would have been, knowing you as I do. It probably would have been your favorite. So I'm yeah, actually, I really feel like she would like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually going to choose the trip, um, not the second one, the first one, because I know it came out sooner, but I saw it this year, so that's my favorite for this year. Fair enough. Cool, Luke. Going back to what you're saying, it, it well, I think it was more about a um, Dave it was more about a year for um, more independent film. Mm-hmm. I think more than the big blockbusters. The big blockbusters, for the most part, the first half of the year it felt like there was a very dry stretch, and then the second half Transformers. 
Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to mention the dreaded T word. Um, but in the second half of the year, in terms of blockbusters, we get some more interesting films. Or, you know, yeah. even for big popcorn, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Lucy, um, you know, Interstellar and things like that. But my favourite one is one of the small films. One of the, one of the smaller films. So I almost went with, um, and I will put it as an honourable mention, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Um, simply because I knew the reaction from our host over there was going to be... I didn't nothing, hate it. Su- nothing it was, short of It wasn't Tusk level of crap. It was, it was, <laughs> I've, I've got to see this Tusk movie now. I don't you've, know anything about you've it. You've got to see it. No. It, you've got to see it just just because... I mean, like like Bo and I have discussed in the past, it's, it's I, I respect the fact that he gave it a go. Even though he failed so bad, <laughs> at least he had a shot. It is, you know, it's I, fun. If it hadn't have ended, honestly, if it hadn't have ended with that whole scene at the very end, I would have been cool with it. Like, if it had ended just with um, Johnny Depp pointing the shotgun and then credits, I would have been like, that was an unusual movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, 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 the second Johnny like, Depp's character appears on screen, the movie goes to a zero out of five. No, I like this character. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so my favorite film is actually a film called Calvary. Oh, um, cool. An Irish film hmm. um, with starring Brendan Gleeson, um, made by uh, James, if I can remember his name correctly, James Neil McDonough, I think. Um, the, his previous film was a film called The Guard, yep. Um, yep. a highly acclaimed, very funny film. Um, this is a much darker film. It's um, all about a, an Irish priest, a good Irish priest living in a small um, small town in, in, um, in Ireland, who is told that he's actually going to be murdered in a confessional, um, he's going to be murdered in seven days. Um, the killer has said, I'm going to kill you for no other reason than, you know, I was molested and raped by a priest as a child. Um, and not him, it has to be pointed out. Yeah, not him. Yeah. Um, but, but no, he said, the, the guy mm-hmm. says, I'm going to kill you because this is what happened to me and, you know, no one's going to care if I kill the guy who got me, but if I kill a good priest... Good man. That'll that'll make people sit up and take notice. Uh, a powerhouse performance by Brendan Gleeson, who will probably be overlooked come Academy Awards. Um, but you know, quite a quite an involving and kind of moving in the end, I think too. Um, story. Cool. Awesome. Mine's actually a tie for best film. As, as, like I said, it's, it's been an absolutely great year for film. Um, we'll talk about our honorary mentions in a second. But um, I actually got a tie uh, for various reasons, uh, and they are Nightcrawler. And the Babadook. Yeah. The Nightcrawler is uh, a Jake Gyllenhaal film. It's, it's basically it was Jake Gyllenhaal's year this year. I think I've seen a couple of these films this year. Um, not necessarily ones that came out this year, but I've just I've just I've seen a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal this year. And uh, he uh, he's just he just knocks it out of the park. He's unbelievably good. Um, so the Nightcrawler we've discussed it on the on the show before. As um, Cam has even uh, reviewed it on the on the website. I just I highly recommend seeing it. Is it's it is. It's the film for lovers of great cinema. Uh, it really is a must-see. Um, and The Babadook, I've chucked in there because it's a, it's a, a small uh, independent Australian film. Mm. Um, and I was just... I, I basically had no interest whatsoever when I first heard about this film. And, and it's, a, it's a shame. I, I, I would have liked to have seen it in the cinema and, and actually experienced it that way and sort of supported it a bit more than I did. So I actually feel a bit bad about it. But, but the, once I actually did see it, uh, I, was just, I was just blown away. Um, the only the only thing that get, get, sort of lets it down, I think, is uh, like a, a few sort of small bits that happen towards the end, which is the only reason I didn't get a perfect score for me. Uh, but it is it's basically a if if I can borrow a, a bow sort of thing, it's like a four point seven five out of five. It's it's, <laughs> it's uh, it really is amazing work, and it, uh, for a first time uh, director, 
uh, writer director it is great stuff it's 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 a horror film uh, which you know actually manages to be creepy uh, I've seen quite a lot of horror films this year and most of them were pretty ordinary you actually did review it we'd have to look it up and see what rating you did give it yeah I think it was 4.5 actually <laughs> <laughs> so I fucked it up I've watched it again uh, I think yeah I think it was 4.5 but um, yeah so I, I highly recommend uh, checking out Babadook for, for lovers of again for lovers of cinema and uh, for you know people who actually want to see a decent horror film that actually manages to be creepy uh, unlike quite a few. <laughs> I'd say it's been when no, not quite twenty eighteen years I think since the last act genuinely scary. Well, as, well my my sister in law Katie is uh, a big fan of of horror films, and I actually uh, raided her collection over the holidays. So I've been watching just a crap load of films over the holidays, like five a day sort of mm. deal, and, uh, and I've, I've seen quite a lot of her collection now, and. Uh, yeah, most of it's not good, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and you know, and it's, but she likes that sort of stuff. She likes this, this sort of like that sort of, that, you know, that cheapest creepers sort of style of horror film and stuff. And they have their place. I must admit, I'm, I saw I saw uh, Bride of Chucky and, you know, <laughs> and stuff, oh which is terrible, but hilarious. That's you know, but but I also saw some just outright shockers like Incubus. Oh, we, that's yeah, Incubus is shocking. Oh my god, it's bad. <laughs> and, you know, it's stuff like that. So, but uh, those two great stuff. So has anybody got uh, any honourable mentions they want to throw out? I'd, I'd like to give an honourable mention to both Sharknado and Sharknado 2. Uh, possibly <laughs> the, really? Possibly the funniest, god-awful, terrible loads of garbage that I've seen this year. They are so monumentally bad, but I've got to admit that they were so bad that I actually found them funny and was therefore entertained by them. That's awesome. Um, all right, I'll throw a couple of honourable... I've, I've actually you know, mentioned what we do in the shadows, and I genuinely... I really enjoyed Void on the Shadows. I found it funny. It's nice to see Jermaine Clement basically being Jermaine Clement as a vampire. Yeah. Um, and uh, Reese Darby being Murray, but as a werewolf. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, it was a film that I anticipated and I really enjoyed. Another one is a science fiction film that is, in fact, Australian, in spite of its Americanized um, setting and um, cast, is a film called Predestination, yeah. which was done by the Spirit Brothers. Um, Ethan Hawke, man. Ethan Hawke does a pretty good job, but the perform the lead perform the performance that really stands out is Sarah Snook. Yeah. Uh, but a really interesting time travel film. It is flawed. Don't get me wrong. Um, but does it? But yeah, at least tries to be clever and smart about its time travel. Yeah, but look at the source material that they had to work with. I mean, mm. that's that's it's basically the an unfilmable walk, mm. and I think they did pretty well. It's a short story, and from what I've heard, yeah. the short story is effectively the first act yes. of the film. Yeah. And you just sit there going, okay. There is just, this is all fascinating what what she's telling what Sarah Snook's character is telling us here, but where's the actual story? And then Ethan Hawke goes, well, how about I you know put you in front of the guy, and the story goes from there, and it's actually quite um, involving. So I um, predestination is an honourable mention for me, um, and then got to say after having rewatched it recently, Dallas Buyers Club. Cool. Bo, you got any honourable mentions? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, cool. That was going to be one of mine. So that's cool. Yeah, that's that's a really good. That was one of the best movies, probably the second best movie I saw this year. It was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, well, I've got uh, I've got a few. I've got just going for it quickly. Edge of Tomorrow, um, Dawn, uh, Captain America Two, which I think is the best Marvel film so far. Uh, Interstellar, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, The Enemy, 
which is a, another Jake Gyllenhaal film that I saw. Well, technically, I saw it on New Year's Day, so but it's, <laughs> it just slides it in there. It's uh, it's well, basically it was still 2014 in America. Yeah, that's true. There you go. See, it <laughs> <laughs> um, I did see it a very early yeah. morning, set, but uh, no. So it's, the enemy is yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's uh, basically it's a retelling of uh, the classic Russian story, the double. It basically twists the story in such a fascinating way, and it, uh, I really, really highly recommend it. Uh, and Coherence, uh, which is a very small-budget science fiction film which deals with uh, a, a group of people having a dinner party. Um, this is, a, this is a, one of uh, Katie's, Katie's picks uh, that she recommended to me, and I, I thank her for it. Uh, so it's basically it's a group of people having a dinner party. One of those people is Nicholas Brendan from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, fame, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I've heard, I've, I haven't yeah. seen it, but I actually I have heard of it, and it did look kind of interesting. Yeah, it's really, it's for, it's for anybody who, who is, was interested in the film Primer, um, but found, but if, they, if you found that a little too heavy going, uh, which I can totally understand, this is basically Primer Light. <laughs> so this is the introduction to the, to the world of Primer. So it's basically so it's a group of people having a, a dinner party, and a comet is going over hmm. um, for the first time in like a thousand years or something. And it's... It basically, it, it, what it does is it, is, oh, this is not giving anything away, but it basically breaks down the walls between universes. So it's it, the, this sort of small area, this small neighborhood in Los Angeles becomes a sort of nexus of realities. Uh, and uh, then they, they start to experience some, you know, some weird crap. So I mean, I don't, wanna, I don't want to give any away from the, anywhere from there, but it is, it's very cleverly done. Um, the way that they, the way that they did it was nobody got a, a complete script. So they basically they were, they were given their character bio. Uh, each actor and um, they were basically given just what they were shooting that day and then they just had to make up the rest and uh, it is it's fascinating to watch it's a real highly recommend it uh, I just want to check in a couple of worst films uh, <laughs> Richard, Richard and I had a conversation a couple of episodes back uh, where we were talking about the director David Ayer um, because he did Fury and uh, and I was talking about how it was you know, a decent enough film and we, we mentioned about how he was going to do Suicide Squad and I was like oh yeah okay I'm actually quite excited for Suicide Squad now <laughs> now I'm not because I watched, I, watched, I watched a film called Sabotage which is essentially the Suicide Squad <laughs> so okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of Marines uh, or a bunch of mercenaries my, my bad so I don't want to disparage the Marines but it's, it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of mercenaries the Agatha Christie story was at the last, uh, and then there were none. Then there were none. Yeah. yeah, so it's basically that, and but with mercenaries, and it's just so awful that now that I know he's the same guy doing this, was quite um, <laughs> no, no, I've lost it. Just <laughs> hang on, I just want to point out something here. Um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger goes and he leads an elite team of mercenaries, and from the sound of it, it's based on an Agatha Christie novel. They all die in the end. I've seen that. It's called Predator. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Predator, let me tell you that. <laughs> it's absolutely no Predator. If it bleeds... No, no, well, <laughs> yeah, but, but no, so, see, Predator is different. Predator is because there's an outside source bumping them off, whereas, and then there were none, is an inside source bumping them off through treachery. So it's, it's, it's completely different, and it's terrible. Can I chuck in a dishonourable mention then? I just, I, just, I, just got, I just got one more worse. I just got one more oh, worse. Okay. Um, Transcendence is... Uh, Transcendence was one of those big-budget... Uh, you know, spectacular type films uh, that was you know it was it was meant to be full of praise and was you know it's going to win everybody awards and all that sort of stuff and it's just awful. It's I mean it's it's awful because it doesn't even try to be good. That's that's why it was that's why I actually think it's it's so bad. I mean I've seen some terrible films this year, but at least they did the best that they could with what they had. Mm. Whereas this film had everything going for it. It had great cast had money being thrown at it had, good concept you know and a, and a great concept but 
they drop the ball so bad out of sheer laziness. I think could it even if you had the whole film as it is, which wasn't great, it, it would have been much better without that ending. Yeah. <laughs> Everything for them in the third act is essentially terrible. It sounds a bit like Cloud Atlas then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a dishonourable mention. Um, it's dishonourable not... mention. <laughs> we didn't call it that, but I like that. We'll use it. Um, look, it's, it's by no means is this the worst film of the year. Yeah. I just I do want to quantify that. Oh, yeah, but for sure. It, it might be a bit controversial because a lot of people are raving about it. But a film that really annoyed me this year is The Equalizer, the Denzel Washington <laughs> action film. Right? Now, oh, I, yeah. weren't you equalised? <laughs> but, but he equalised, Richard. He did equalise. You can't say we didn't have a lot of fun watching it. And there was the unequalizer as well in the film. Yeah. I just hope that the equalizer at the end, that like the sum of everything, you know, was zero. You're exactly right. Exactly my point. Yeah. The sum of everything is zero. Did you get Absolutely that? Absolutely. He's subtle, subtle math joke. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's, it's, it's not a podcast without some sort of dirty comment. Great. All right, well, let's move on to uh, TV. Uh, let's go around. Let's start with Luke. To a science fiction show called Orphan Black. Cool. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a, it's a BBC Canadian co production that got shown on BBC America. Um, it stars Tatiana Maslany, and she plays a character called Sarah, who, a con artist called Sarah, who finds herself on a train station uh, in New York the City. Clones. Yeah, yeah. Um, sees a woman who looks exactly like her. Yeah. The woman distraught walks in front of a train, um, commits suicide. Sarah takes over her life, trying to step in, discovers that she is a cop, and then, but then also discovers that there are in fact more like her, and she has in fact been cloned. There you go. Cool. Yeah, um, and she is um, just a revelation in this mm. playing. She plays about eight or nine characters, and she plays each one completely differently. Cool. And yeah, she's just she's been brilliant mm. in in this show. But it, but it never comes across as oh, I'm playing eight different characters. You see eight distinct yeah eight distinct people on screen. Yeah. Um, but it's also the the nature of the cloning, the the conspiracy that she uncovers as well, and the personal stakes. That are in this as well, and the, the other characters are equally, as, if not even better, than she is. There are two seasons of this so far, and season three comes out in April. Yeah, um, it has been, uh, it has actually been for the type of show that it is, um, quite a success. I uh, yeah, really, really enjoy seeing awesome. it. Awesome, Bo, yours? Uh, television show? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Fargo. Cool. Uh, Good Fargo, choice. the TV series. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I think that. Uh, it kind of reminded me of True Detective, but it was a little more quirky and whimsical in the Fargo kind of Coen Brothers way. And uh, I look forward to seeing that. I've heard they're going to do a second season. It's going to be a different story, and um, I look forward to seeing that. I think it's. I think it's the characters all interesting. Billy Bob Thornton's character in it plays. I mean, like if you watch it, you're not quite sure if he's some sort of like supernatural like like you're not you're not sure if he's like human or not basically <laughs> and they, they never really say they they kind of like leave you clues both ways and then and then at the end you're kind of left hanging but it's it's in it's done in such a coen brothers like perfect way and that's not the only you know that's not the only kind of twist towards the ending but um it's uh it, it's a really good show it's a really good show and, and i think i think anybody would enjoy it the first episode alone like leaves you like i mean they they introduce like six characters and like four of them die. It's <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Crystal, um, mine isn't necessarily a TV series, but and I forgot to look this up to see if I'm telling the truth. But I think it was made for TV. It was the um, Holy Flying Circus 
sort of tribute to Monty Python. It was yeah. another, uh, the story of Monty Python, which I reviewed on a show. And I, and I picked this one above anything else because it was the one that actually blew me away and I went back and watched a second time straight away. It was just so spot on with all the characterizations of the Monty Python people, um, except maybe the Terry Gilligan character, but the rest were all spot on. It was just, and, and then the Python humour just sort of shone through and the, and the, the kind of meta... Uh, what's the word? Metatextuality? No, no, no. Meta. Metadata? No. Metaphor? <laughs> Meta gem? Meta barons? Metaphysics? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a word that goes means, with meta. The meta sort of. Oh, never mind. Subtext? Simile? It's a really simple word. I don't know. Format, for lack of a better word, because yeah. it, it's a sort of um, there's places where it sort of jumps to the future and refers to the past, and yeah, it's, it's quite good. I'll come. I'll come up with a word later. <laughs> <laughs> come up with a random word. Sounds good. Cool, Richard. Uh, yeah, my TV show was uh, True Detective. Now you were saying. Sorry, the meta aspect of it. Meta aspect. Okay, there it is. We have the word. So you say it's true detective. It jogged your memory. Sorry. <laughs> true detective is actually um, going to be my honourable mention. Yeah. Cool. Um, you were saying earlier that you know, this was Jake Gyllenhaal's year for me. Uh, for you, sorry. Uh, for me, this was Matthew McConaughey's year. Uh, oh, you don't get from, it right. It was definitely, it was yeah. definitely the McConaughey. <laughs> 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 I like that, the McConaughey. But it, it actually, seriously, had you, ta- had you asked me two years ago, and, and and said to me, oh, your your movie pick of the year and your TV show that you're both going to star Matthew McConaughey would have laughed in your face yeah. and maybe yeah. punched you out, you know. Whereas, but he has just been, yeah, well, you know, but he is he has just been on fire. And True Detective is just one of the most, first of all, one of the most uncomfortable shows I've ever watched. Like I put it up there with Twin Peaks and Carnival for just just this incredible disturbing atmosphere that it has right from start to finish um but also it's beautifully cinematic it's brilliantly shot i was intrigued by the mystery um the acting from um both mcconaughey and woody harrelson i thought was excellent and it's 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 got me intrigued for the second season it's uh, left left enough of the mystery open that um i want to watch the show and sort of continue even with the completely different cast and completely different settings so yeah i thought true detective just an incredible show totally blew me away this year yeah i almost picked true detective i was i was juggling true detective and fargo and yeah. uh yeah for all the same reasons it's really good it's really good really good acting it's, it's great I, I, my my favorite pick uh, for tv is a bit unconventional i suppose uh, it's a bit weird but uh, i like uh the Flash. I actually quite enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't the best TV show on TV. Uh, 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 <laughs> a Flash, Flash Gordon TV show. That would be brilliant. No, it wasn't. Only if Queen does the yeah, same only, thing. Only if it was done by the same people. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, nice. Flash Gordon was, it was a cool... The Flash Gordon serials, they were awesome. No, no, no. Uh, the, there was a TV show done uh, probably about, what, four years ago? Uh, a little more than that. Five years ago, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it was right. just awful. It was, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. They, yeah, all right, fair enough. I'll take all that. Take, I'll take the entire statement back. Um, yeah, no, The Flash. It's actually, uh, it's it's a CW show, so for me to pick it is uh, kind of weird. Uh, but it does, I think it manages to sort of rein in that CW love triangle rubbish that uh, most of them have. And uh, But uh, it's it's... Not perfect by any means. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's, it has its flaws, but it's just so much fun. But I quite, I just yeah. quite like the guy 
who plays the Flash. I can't remember his name at the moment. Grant Gustin. Yeah, he's he's just he's just so infectiously happy all the time, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's and he's unconventionally handsome. He's not like he's not the pretty boy from Arrow. Um, Steve Armel, who is a very handsome man, let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but, he, but he's, he's he's sort of he has that sort of CW look without being a little bit too ridiculous. He actually kind of reminds me of, of what Peter Parker should look like. Yeah, and so that's yeah. why I quite like him. Yeah. And and uh, and the show it just has it has two it has a lot going for it. it has more going for it than it does have against it. And so that's mm. why I, I, I quite enjoy watching it. It's the, the one show that I just, I just hang out watching. Mm. I did, and just like everybody else. Uh, we'll just jump straight to the honorary mentions, and uh, yeah, True Detective is on there. The only reason I didn't pick True Detective uh, over The Flash, even though it is technically a better done show, let's be honest, um, I just the, the last episode annoyed me so much that it's it dragged down my opinion of the show. It's like everything I explained that to you. everything up until that point is brilliance, and it's just it's like it blows me away just how far TV has come and. Uh, but then it just it just gets to that scene in the last episode, and I was like, no, I just can't. I just want to throw in a honorable mentions based on what on your favorite show because <laughs> I, I loved The Flash as well, um, and I have to admit I am absolutely hanging out for uh, Grodd's appearance. Yeah. They've been setting Grodd up, and I love Grodd <laughs> as a villain anyway. But yeah. um, I just want to sort of um, acknowledge. Um, DC's television attempts in general. Yeah. Because DC's I love doing what Marvel was doing in film. In DC's film, yeah. TV. I, I love Flash. Yeah. I love Green Arrow. And I, I was almost, if it wasn't for True Detective, I was always almost going to go with Gotham for my favourite show. Oh, yeah. I've loved Gotham this year. I must admit, Tom, Constantine has been a little bit of a letdown for me. Yeah, it's um, but, but these other shows... Um, have been fantastic, and I, I, I want more. I want more DC shows. <laughs> I want a Green Lantern TV show now, based on you know they've set up the color spectrum and they've mentioned Ferris aircraft and that. So I'm sort of like, who else can they do? I want more shows. I want more characters to show up. And well, they just had Firestorm show up in the Flash, which was pretty cool. Um, Firestorm, yeah, Firestorm, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, finishing my honorable mentions before I was rudely interrupted. The, uh, but you actually had the start of your honorable mentions. The uh, I did with True Detective. Ah, oh, yeah, fair enough. This guy. Uh, yeah, so and, and uh, I'm sure Bo will, will, will back me up on this, but uh, The Walking Dead has uh, been really good. This year. Oh, yeah, my God, it's, it's gone, come out of its slump. It's uh, it was uh, a really really great season, and I'm very interested to see where it goes from its uh, mid season. I don't know, reveal. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's aspect. <laughs> <laughs> it's meta aspect. <laughs> nice. Basically, since um, Scott Gimple took over the show, it's just been a different show, like a completely yeah. different show. Yeah, like a one. All of my own bunches are mentioned by everyone else. Um, but the other one I've got is Continuum, cool. which is the Canadian science fiction show about um, a cop from the future who is has been thrown back in time um, along with a terrorist group, and it's all about her attempting to um, stop the terrorist group from changing the future before it happens whilst also trying to get back to um, her own time so she can be with her family. Cool. All right, so let's uh, so right, let's continue on with our favorite comic of 2014, and which one can go first? This was the absolute hardest category for me to do. <laughs> it was seriously. There have been so many comics that I've that I've loved this year, and especially from um, Image. 
which I see every year now. It seems to be that, doesn't it? It seems to be, yeah, there was a great bunch of comics this year. Most of them came from Image. We should just play the same thing you said last year. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, and honestly, I've got a huge honourable mentions list of uh, books to run through. Okay, well, let's... let's but let's, let's not worry about that right now. Yeah. Um, but this year did feature the return of um, one of my absolute favourite comics that seems to disappear a lot, but every time it comes back, I just get so excited, and that's Astro City. I love this book. I've loved it since it first started. It, for me, it is the single best straight superhero book on the market and has been for the last, what, 20 years now that it's been uh-huh. running? Um, and it returned with a vengeance this year. Kurt Busiek always manages to find sort of new and interesting takes on on the superhero world. And, um, yeah, so I, I had to give it to Astro City this year. God, Ooh. I love that book. <laughs> Let's go with Bo. Um, my pick is um, Trillium by Jeff, Jeff Lemire. Awesome. Um, I didn't really read a whole lot of comics this year. I, I caught up with a lot of stuff that came out prior to 2014, but the only book that I read that was from 2014 that you know I thought was like really good was um, Trillium. Um, have you have you guys checked that out at yep. all? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I like how it. I like the unique storytelling. It kind of reminds me of like reading House of Leaves, where you have to kind of turn it different ways, and then hmm. you know by like issue like five or so, you, you're turning the book like all sorts of ways, like every. <laughs> so, um, I really like that. I like that. I like whenever someone and, and you know it's a little bit. It's hard to do, and it's it's hard to read, but like I like that they're trying to do something different with the medium. You know, like it's it's hard to. You know, with pictures and text on pages, and it, it's hard to try to like reintroduce. You know, to try to reinvent that. You know, like it's it's hard to do. Mm. Um, and I think this was an attempt to do that. And it's a lot. It's a really fun book, and that's probably my pick for the year. Uh, Trillium's a good one. Uh, we'll go with me next. Uh, my favorite was it was hard. I was like Richard. I had a hard time. Uh, there was there was a lot of quality uh, comics this year, uh, so I had to give it the edge with uh, Magneto uh, from Marvel. It's uh, it's it's the first solo Magneto book that was actually good, and it's, <laughs> it is it's, it's blowing me blowing me away too. It's it's the, it's the one comic. Uh, the the reason I picked it is because it's the one comic that I just like absolutely hang out for each you know each individual issue. And it's like I must read the next one. It's taken just a uh, maybe a slight dip during this uh, terrible access crossover event, uh, but up until that point, awesome stuff. I'm sorry, I'm I'm just opening up the browser here to do a bit of research. And um, the last thing you searched for is, is Exquisite Boys. <laughs> <laughs> but you know why? Exquisite Boys. You're looking boys. at my browsing history. No, it's still there. Exquisite Boys. <laughs> it's because that's the line from QI. The, I know, it's the QI episode you were looking for. But I, th- I, just... I thought your pants were made by Exquisite boys, boys on a loom. Yes, <laughs> yes that's what you were looking for. Because <laughs> <laughs> that line itself doesn't sound suspect at all. <laughs> I just found that highly amusing. Oh, thanks, I, I, thanks I, for uh, embarrassing me if you're on a world stage. <laughs> you know, we've got we've got listeners in Iceland who now think I'm weird. Sorry, is this well, live? That's huh? why they. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all. <laughs> I'm, changed, I'm changing. I'm sort of changing how I sort of how I edit the show. I think I, I think I actually over edit mm. the show. Um, I don't know because you guys don't listen back to the show, so you don't oh, know. This. Okay, I do yeah, okay. But I actually take out all the ums mm. and all that sort of stuff. It yep. just takes hours. Yep. And I just, I just don't care about that anymore. I just, I just don't have time to do that anymore. You know what I mean? So now, other than, other than major mistakes, mm. 
I'm just not going to bother anymore. So, so uh, now Exquisite Boys world, can stay in. The whole world will know that Exquisite Boys <laughs> is your thing. It's my thing. So, so that that was David's wild card. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Leave me alone. It was Magneto, goddammit. I have to find interesting things when I open up my iPad. <laughs> This is yeah, what, you got to cover happens, your tracks what better. What happens in a marriage stays in a marriage. What happens on an iPad? <laughs> uh, look, um, my pick of the year is a graphic novel, um, uh, Thanos: The Infinity Revelation by Jim Starlin. Jim Starlin's my favourite comic book creator, and it felt like a nice return to form cool. for him. It's, his work over the past couple of years has been sort of middling, you know, entertaining but not nothing brilliant. To Death of the New Gods, which was awful. Um, and this felt like he'd, you know, he'd gotten the character that he's most really most famous for creating um, back in his control for, to a limited degree, and actually pushed him, pushed the character further. Mm. Um, it was nice to see Thanos not just be a big Marvel villain the way that a lot of everything else is pretty much portrayed him, but portray him as a character again with a specific goal in mind that he's trying to accomplish. And the interplay between Thanos and Warlock, Adam Warlock. Um, I thought was quite interesting, and the dichotomies, you know, me- be- meeting, you know, the Thanos from the other universe, the Adam Warlock from the other universe, and seeing them try and bring everything together. Yeah, I thought was really nicely done. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see, you know, a Cosmo book done with some intelligence. Are you enjoying Silver Surfer? I'm really enjoying Silver Surfer. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that, you would. And that's an actually that's what I thought was going to be your pick, Silver Surfer. That's an honourable mention for me, certainly. Oh, okay, cool. um, yeah. but it was just nice to see. Um, Jim Starlin bring his A-game back and do Thanos properly because I, I feel Thanos hasn't been done very well Let's jump straight into your honourable mentions um, ok Silver Surfer yep. um, for one uh, Dave's talk Richo's talked about him and I don't want to overstep what he said but really enjoyed it it's a book that I hang out for every month what else did I, what else? Uh, Multiversity by Grant Morrison he's done some things with some of the characters that I wish were being done regularly like for instance the regular Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel I thought was actually done really well. What else did I have on my list? Oh, Grendel versus um, The Shadow. Yeah. Because it's nice to see Matt Wagner drawing again. And Matt Wagner writing Hunter Rose. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to what I was saying about Jim Starlin with Thanos, Hunter Rose is, you know, another one of those types of characters You for wish me. you were Hunter Rose, Dave. Yes, well, you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, I also wish I was The Shadow as well. Um, uh, things like Fables. Yeah. Um, oh, and I went into a, a Dark Horse series called Resident Alien. Uh, my, I mean, like, it, it, like I said, huge, huge list, but it, uh, I'm only just going to mention a couple because we haven't got all day. Uh, Sex Criminals continues to be awesome. Yeah, I've heard that's really good. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, a couple of other Marvel titles. Ms. Marvel, uh, so mm-hmm. the, not the Carol Danvers one, which is okay, but the... Jubilee Wilson's yeah, 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 with the... Yeah, Kamala, with the Khan, Kamala Khan, yeah, character. I just think, I th- I just think she's awesome. And, uh, I mean, it's... She's one of those characters that, you know, they sort of they hyped her up a lot. It's just like, you know, oh, you know here we are. We, we're not all misogynist. Here's a female character that actually has her own title. And, you know, and she's a, she's a young girl and she's a Muslim. And we've basically we've ticked all the boxes. And she basically she's political correctness gone mad sort of sort of thing. But she's actually not. She's, she transcends all that. She's actually an excellent character hmm. in an excellently written and drawn book. Um, and uh, I think she's... She's basically she's an icon for a new generation of of Marvel comics. Um, I, she's she's magnificent. Check her out. Um, and uh, I'm just really enjoying the Avengers titles at the moment. The uh, the, the the Hickman stuff. He's got some wacky stuff in there now. I think <laughs> if he and Grant Morrison got together, 
and basically had like a, a shamanistic ritual or something, <laughs> the whole world would explode. Or something. It's just, that's, that's why there's ice explosions in New Hampshire. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's the, Hickman, the Hickman stuff, he's just, uh, he just comes up with some crazy, crazy stuff. And the Avengers titles, I think, are just this whole time runs out business, which is then leading into what I think is going to be Marvel's version of Crisis on Infinite Earths, hmm. is, uh, is just really just blowing me away. Um. Like I said, I've got a, I've got a huge list. I'll, I'll try to be very quick about this. Um, Luke's already talked about Silver Surfer. Awesome book, and I, I reviewed it a few episodes ago. And he's already mentioned Mulsa Versity, which I think we all kind of acknowledge that Crazy Grant Morrison is always fun. Um, but it's, it's Crazy Grant Morrison that actually in a story that makes sense, though. Yeah. Like Final Crisis. Mm. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is actually quite enjoyable. Yeah, no, exactly right. Um, Final, Final Crisis makes no sense. I've read no. it like 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like every time I read it, like, am I just missing something yeah, here? Is there something that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not too. picking up on? I feel like I thought it was me. And, I, and I, say that, I say that as somebody who is a big Grant Morrison fan, yeah. but I just don't get that book at all. <laughs> a big Grant Morrison fan and a massive New Gods fan, and I still don't get it. <laughs> I'm glad um, this weight is lifted off my shoulders now. <laughs> If not you, Bo, is I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, I'd say between us, me and Richo, I mean, we know everything there is to know about the DC universe. Pretty good. and Luke, and, you know, and Luke, of course, and you know, sorry, sorry, Luke. Uh, but, <laughs> and, so, me. And, <laughs> and if we don't understand it, <laughs> I don't think anybody yeah. has to understand it. Yeah, some other honorable mentions: Mind Management, which I also reviewed yeah. in a yes. previous thing. Um, loving that book, um, and also Morning Glories. Yeah. Uh, has finally has finally starting to make a little bit more sense to me. Uh, it, it, its efforts last year were were I thought a bit weak, and it was trying too hard to throw too much in without revealing anything. Yeah. Um, whereas last uh, trade, yeah. This, this this these recent issues I think have really got it back on track. Um, we actually we, we interview uh, Joe Joe Eisner on uh, NCP TV, so check it out. Nice. Some books from Image, uh, Saga, Loving Fatale. Um, I hope that Brubaker and uh, Sean Phillips just continue to work together forever because every book they produce has been, like, just awesome. You and I should um, have just collaborated on the honour of mentions. Yeah. Right? Have you got East yeah. West there? Uh, East of West? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. This is basically my reading I actually, list. I'm, gonna say, <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm not really a fan of Hickman's... Avengers work, oh but, my I God. Lo- but I'm out. loving. I'm loving what he's doing at Image. Like I think yeah. he's because Manhattan Projects, which was my winner for last year, is still awesome. <laughs> um, and also, want to give a, a nod to uh, two books from Monkey Brain, which is the online comic company that we like. It's like ninety nine cents an issue, but they produced two really fun books. One was called Bandit, which is about this female thief, and the other one was Edison Rex, which is um, basically what if Lex Luthor killed Superman and then decided that he should be the world's hero and actually now has to start saving the world because, you know, he's always talked about how that's what he would do and now he's stuck in the situation where he has to do it. Cool. So where are um, they from again, sorry? Uh, it's a company called Monkey Brain. Monkey Brain. Like, they, they produce... They Is their logo a picture of a monkey with his head off of his brains exposed? I'm not sure. I haven't actually, <laughs> actually paid that much attention to the logo, but basically they produce online comics. Cool. Um, effectively, these are web comics that are... And then they publish them in trade once there's enough issues built up. Awesome. Um, yeah, they're, they're an interesting company doing some cool stuff and keeping it sort of fairly fair. And the other one I want to mention too is a whole bunch of the Valiant stuff. I think Valiant's return has oh, been yeah. Archer really and Armstrong cool. is bloody hilarious. Yeah, Archer and Armstrong. I love Fred Valente. <laughs> Fred, you mentioned Jim Sal. I mean, Fred Valente is one of my favourite creators. Yeah. Just like everything he does is yeah. good. Absolutely. In my backpack, I've got Brain Boy Volume 2 and <laughs> Archer and Armstrong Volume 6. Uh, well, Crystal, uh, as, as a non-comic reader, doesn't have a, a comic, uh, but you've got your wild card. My wild card 
is the best banner for 2014. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Best, the best Bruce banner? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Banner, yeah. <laughs> it'd be Mark Ruffalo, Because it, it would fit into the comics thing. Yeah, it'd be, Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's, um, he's excellent. Yes. Um, I can't even remember who played Bruce Banner in the TV show. I remember Joe Bill Bigsby. was Yeah, He was Bill Bigsby. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Best Banner. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know how many people know, but I create the banners for the website, and there's a new one every week. And they're, they're all with, awesome. Go with every episode. Um, my favourite one for this year was for episode 104, and that was Thor versus Wonder Woman. It was a cool one. It took ages. That, it did take ages. So I had to place it just right. But it's my favourite one because I managed to catch an image of Chris Hemsworth as Thor with a look with a, a WTF look on his face <laughs> because looking back at Wonder Woman who had actually managed to catch his hammer, which he didn't think was going to happen. No, nice. it was very well done. <laughs> it really, it really illustrates that the episode. And we on. did, and it was also the ones that we pointed out in the contest of champions, which were because it was contest of champions related. Yeah. It was so it was movie for Thor versus comic new uh, new fifty two uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So it was, yeah, okay, it was cool. really good. Um, and my runner up is uh, the banner I did for episode one hundred and sixteen, which was our special roast episode. Now, I've chosen that one because it was hard to find shots of the three guests that we had on the show. I had to take screenshots from the episodes, which are all on YouTube. And, and it was, um, I, I was very impressed with my skill here, if I didn't say so myself. <laughs> I didn't even because, know that's what you did, really. Because I had to, pay, um, had to forward um, slowly through the screens um, to get a decent, like, I don't, you don't want to get a screen derp. Yeah. You want to get an actual, <laughs> you don't want to derp. You actually want a shot that looks like a still, um, and I managed to get some. So is that how you got Dancing Mark? Dancing Mark is actually a picture off the TV at the time, which I tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But the three three images in the front are all screenshots. Oh, well done. Um, And uh, one more runner-up is my latest effort for the last episode, mainly because of the Newton wearing Santa's hat. Which is (laughs) quite amusing. (laughs) How did you go past Newton wearing Santa's hat? Phew, that was a good wild card. My wild card's nowhere near as interesting as that. God damn it. Sorry. No, ruined it. <laughs> Ru- ruined it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's not her fault that you, you came up with a substandard wild card. <laughs> substandard, I like that. All right, cool, let's, uh, let's move on to our event, our favourite event of 2014. Um, did you want to do books first? Oh, did I not do books? No. no. I've skipped over books. You completely missed books. Uh, like I was saying with the editing earlier before, I'll cut out the mistakes. And this <laughs> no, is an no. in- unforgivable mistake. Unforgivable. All right, let's move on to books. Yep. Uh, let's start with Bo. Uh, the only book I read this year <laughs> was War Crimes by Christy Golden. And I have to say, it's the best book I read this year. I mean, <laughs> hands down, I think there's no competition. <laughs> it wins it, by default. Yeah, it's a really neat book. If you've never, it's it's not the most intriguing book ever if you're not a Warcraft fan. As a matter of fact, if you're not a Warcraft fan, you're going to hate this book. <laughs> But um, as a Warcraft fan, but I came in at Wrath of the Lich King, so there's a lot of like, you know, early stuff, even like in the, um, even in the RTS games that like I missed out on. And um, so story-wise, this is a good catch-up book because it basically they are trying uh, Garage Hellscream um, for you know, uh, you know, atrocities and war crimes and things, and they're trying to decide his fate whether he's going to um, be executed 
or whether they're just going to like lock him up somewhere and allow him to live. Um, I would say that if you do enjoy the game, if you do play the game currently, you, you probably would enjoy the book. I mean, it's a pretty good read. I listened to it on audiobook, and uh, I just I basically listened to it while I was playing the game, and it was neat. Another <laughs> thing is to go to go to the places in the book. Um, <laughs> like as I'm listening to the story, like I can actually go to that place and uh, see. You know, see nothing there, but it's still cool. That I, like, <laughs> so it's now that we, we couldn't talk about it when you first reviewed the book, but now that you've actually you've played Wad, there and it deals with the aftermath of that. What 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 did you think? It's uh, how do you think they handled it? So you've had so I mean, Hellscream uh, and and Thrall have had their com- their actual final confrontation. So did you have, yeah. have you seen that FMV yet? Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, so um, you've gone first storyline. What do, what do you think? So I kind of wish that Bane had gotten to do it. Like I kind of like, I don't know. I guess if you if you played the game and didn't read the book, then Thrall probably feels more satisfying because he's like our old war chief and everybody kind of wants him to take back over and be Thrall again. And but I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to bore the rest of the crew. But I was just yeah. just just very quickly. Actually, I'm actually on Hellscream's side uh, after the confrontation that they just had in Draenor. I, I I totally agree with everything Hellscream says to him during that fight. It says he he was not prepared, and it's it's actually Thrall's mistake that led to everything happening. I see I see the complexity of it, and I and I like that it's not as black and white as like who's right and wrong. Yeah. But I mean, if you're siding with Garage, I just want to know like did you did you support George W. Bush? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not siding with everything Garage did, and of course, but, I mean he's basically the Hitler of the Warcraft universe. Proud to be American. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I do think he has some very valid points during that fight. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. With you. I like that. I like that scene. Right, um, actually, a- I actually wrote a song about uh, about some of the events in War Crimes on the Nova Javelin EP. Cool. Awesome. How, how is that EP going? Is it is it actually released? It's out. Go to NovaJavelin.com. All right. Nova Javelin. Is it Nova-Javelin or just Nova Javelin? Nova Javelin, one word, dot com. Check it out. We shall review it in, in the next the next episode, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look at it the next episode. All right. Cool. Cool, man. Cool. Uh, next book is Luke. Um, my book is actually, technically it's a 2000 and... Um, 13 book and it won the World Fantasy Award 2013, but I didn't read it until 2014, which is Who Fears Death by Nidhi Okafora. It is a fantasy book, but it's you know set in a post-apocalyptic Africa, and the African setting is actually what makes it a lot more interesting. It sort of takes it out of the usual trappings of this type of story. It is basically the main character is um, uh, a young sorceress who is, in fact, um, the child of rape. However, her, fa- her, her, um, her biological father... Um, is in fact a sorcerer, and he has, and the powers have um, been passed on to Anya herself. And as she's learning about who she is and where she came from, she realizes she's got to go and actually defeat, actually destroy her father in revenge for what he did to her mother. Um, but it's also about the way that Anya herself is treated by African culture because she's effectively an outcast. Um, because of the sorcery, but also because she is a child of rape. Really, really well written. Really good book. Awesome. Crystal? My favourite book of this year, which is... Well, it didn't come out this year. I actually did read it when it came out, being a big Neil Stevenson fan. But we read it again this year for the podcast as Reendy. Um, the thing I liked about rereading it again this year is because Reendy... Um, as listeners might remember, is a huge tome, 
Um, it requires, you can kill a horse with that. Thing. <laughs> it, it requires a, a large investment of your time. Um, but what I liked about this time is because having known the outcome, I could sit back and enjoy the writing much more without sort of being anxious and sort of, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? It's a, It combines a, a, a multitude of plot elements, uh, as Stevens' books often do, and it, it does require a little bit of patience to to work your way through it and see the elements come together. It's got a lot of strong characters, very strong characters. Some of the main characters actually don't even appear till after halfway through the book. Um, the ones that become the major characters in the end um, and it's just you could probably break this book up into a trilogy but I don't, I don't know I think it's better as the one book it's it's a it's a long ride but <laughs> a ride worth taking I don't read any books other than the Dust Jacket books mm. That that's how totally immersed I am in the world of Dust Jacket and working out Dust Jacket and what books to read and so on and so forth so so I won't go into a lot of detail about my book, but I, actually it was a good year for Dust Jacket. I thought we read a lot of really interesting books. Um, my vote goes to Flowers for Algernon. Yeah. Because whilst whilst we read a lot of great books and there were books that may, may, maybe overall had bigger ideas and, and things like that, no book affected me on an emotional level quite the way Flowers for Algernon did. I mean, this book had me really, really quite teary at the end. Hmm. Um and I, I won't go into detail. Like I said, we've we've reviewed it uh, a few episodes ago. But um, I have actually a friend of mine uh, has managed to find me a copy of the movie as well. Awesome, Charlie. So I'll be I'll be checking. Charlie. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be checking that out and uh, maybe even reviewing it uh, in a future episode. Well, that seeks directly into mine because that's also mine. Um, I, I first first read it, you know, many moons ago for school and uh, reread it again. And just like Richard, I I don't read any books other than what we're doing for the show because just, I just don't have time. Um, but uh, this was it was a joy to go back to and uh, I enjoyed it the first time I read it and I enjoyed reading it again and it's, it really is magnificent stuff. Have you read it, Bo? I read it in school, yeah. yeah. Nice. It wasn't banned at your school? No. It's, no, it's, it's it was banned like at quite a few schools. I wish it was banned. No, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I remember that was like... Um, I've never really been into... I've always been more on the math side of things. Like I've never really... You know, Doug. Uh, you know, novels and things, but I really like that one. Even as a, even as you know, young reader. Even though it was, it was cool. foisted upon us at school, we still enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably never would have read it otherwise. So, I mean, I guess I got to be grateful for that. But yeah, it's, it was good. I've seen the movie too. The movie was cool. It was like part of the same like class project. We read the book and watched the movie uh, and did yes. all kinds of other projects. Well, let's move on to our honorary mentions, and we'll go Crystal. I've only got one runner-up. Um, I did read lots of other books this year, but. Uh, Many of which of you know, the current series I'm reading I've read before. And anyway, <laughs> to make a long story short, my runner-up this year is The Martian by Andy Weir, um, cool. which I believe they're going to be making into a movie. Mm, yeah, um, I reviewed it on the show a few months ago. Um, it's just a really good. Uh, if you like hard science fiction and you want a modern hard science fiction book, this would be the one for you. It, it's um, about an astronaut that gets stranded on mars and it's sort of like a survival thing in a way he has to survive on, on mars and the uh, science is as close to accurate science as you could, could get it's set in the not too distant future mm. um so it's it's quite relatable um just on that because that's actually a book that i'm still reading 
Um, the nice thing about it actually is that in spite of its hard science, it doesn't lose sight of the character. Correct. And it's all, all about seeing the ingenious ways that the character does to try and survive. Yeah. Um, with a, you know, a nice bit of yeah. slightly black humour thrown in at times too. I did find the character was a little bit rock star, but I didn't mind that. No, I, I, like I said, I, quite, I, I will actually finish the book, yeah. um, but I'm quite willing to go with it. I think he's a you know, well-drawn yeah. character for the most part. Yeah. Uh, well, I've only got one runner-up as well, and that's uh, The Master and the Margarita. Which I just think is just genius. Should be read by everybody. That was an awesome book. <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, have you got any runners up since you only read the book? Uh, I've only completed one book this year, but I did pick up a few and start them. And I'll say uh, Horns. Um, I started reading Horns. It was it was pretty cool in the beginning. And uh, what's the other book? TV Guide. <laughs> and the TV Guide. I read the <laughs> TV Guide. What, what I want to know is, Bert, did did you actually read these books, or was this these were on audio tape as well? <laughs> It's on audio tape. I can never find the time to actually read anything. I have to listen to it or it's not going to happen. Yeah, fair com- enough. That's a very fair common enough. thing these days. Um, where I work, we lend out lots of audio books for that very reason. Yeah. Listen to them on the way to work and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Us, yeah. So. I, I, whenever I used to read, I used to just read on the toilet. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading and having a toilet and, and then I never read otherwise. Oh, I've just come up with a new invention. A toilet that plays MP3 so you can ha- listen to the audio book. <laughs> 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 well, in, in listening to the audiobooks, I take the long way home sometimes so that I can uh, so that I can listen to more of it. Do you think if we had a toilet that played MP3s, I would start eating really badly? <laughs> <laughs> really, sure, like eat lots of meat, lots of meat. clog up that colon. <laughs> no fiber whatsoever. <laughs> on that note, let's move on to our event, our event from 2014. So, like like I said at the start, my, my preamble, um, it's. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. It was, there was some horrible stuff happening mm. this year. I, I don't mm. know. It was, it was a bit of a bummer year, and hopefully nobody yeah, was... nobody picks one of those things. <laughs> as a, but I, was, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's. I. It was. I don't. Know. I can't think. I can't. I can't formulate my thoughts into words. But mm. I just. Uh, let's. I just I want to take the opportunity to sort of celebrate. You know the. Some of the fun things the that positive, happen, the positive, <laughs> the positive things that happened in front of the year, mm. and uh, we'll start with Bo. Uh, okay. Cool. I get to go first. Mine was going to be New York Comic Con and meeting you guys and um, going to New York for the first time. And uh, I would say the best event of the entire year, though, was eating at the diner from Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) That's Um, that's one of my honorary mentions, the look on your face (laughs) at the diner. Did either of you order a giant salad? I I thought you were going to steal that one, was meeting you guys in, in New York, but... Yeah, the, I got to go. So the diner bit is I um, I tried to order food that I thought that Jerry might order on the show. <laughs> so I ordered a turkey sandwich, and um, I ordered a coffee because I know that uh, I know that George drinks coffee. And then just as the waiter's walking away, I said, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa!" And a glass of orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> trying to rope the Jerry in there. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, that was good. Well, I mean, it's, it's not another case of stealing. I mean, my my favorite event was, of course, you know, New York and meeting you guys. I mean, I'm not just saying that because you're because you're on the Skype right now. It's, it's, it was, uh, sure, sure. I mean, his fingers are crossed here. You can't see it, but he's, it's, not, it's not so much New York itself because I've been there before. But I mean, but just I mean, just getting to meet you guys in, in person was awesome. And Becca's it was it was awesome, and and uh, New York Comic Con itself was was just an event that just it was just blew me away it was brilliant stuff and just you know some of the things that sort of happened while we were there so i mean crystal getting to see new york finally 
Um, so she was really excited to see, you know, sort of see these sort of things that she always wanted to see. Just the look on your face when we when we when we got out of the taxi and saw the Seinfeld diner. Because um, it looks exactly like it does in the show yeah, from the outside. It was was yeah, just it was just amazing. It was like I I, I, don't know, I, I almost got teary. Like the, you was you were so excited. I was like, holy crap! It's like you know, the, like yeah. your, your child's first Christmas or something. It was I, that, that was always on my list of places to yeah. go. But it was I think it, and I would have been excited to go there. But I think it made it even more exciting because Bo's such a fan. And yeah, the, the excitement was just infectious. That's exactly it. Because well, actually, because as our regular listeners will know, I'm not that big a fan of Seinfeld, and uh, so I wasn't all that excited about going there. But the excitement of everybody else was, was enough to get me excited. And my meatloaf sandwich was delicious. Yeah, so which is good. <laughs> she was Maybe the day my friends, like an old man, sending soup back at the deli. <laughs> <It's gone. laughs> yeah, like an old man. <laughs> um, but in my other, my other event was uh, was probably not as uh, as as happy, but um, the Sony hack. <laughs> the Sony hack thing has just been hilarious from start to finish. Yeah. Um, my favorite event, taking the outside of not outside of the realms of nerd culture, but um, yeah, outside of the realms of pop culture. Um, is NASA's announcement about the Mars mission. Cool. Um, you that know, is in a, awesome. <laughs> in, uh, in a year, as you've said, where we've had um, major, several major global conflicts, um, economic disparity, social disparity as a result of that, um, politi- uh, a, politi- a political apathy, um, it was nice to actually see someone going, we need to get out here, Yeah. and these are the steps that we're going to project to take to get us there. Um and you're reading The Martian as we speak. So. Yes, uh, it, it, it's Mars. <laughs> it all ties together. It's more. It, it's it's something that has been uh, a collective dream of um, humanity for certainly for at least um, the last hundred years, if not before that. Mm. And it's people are saying, yeah, now we need to actually start doing it, and so taking the steps to actually get us there and get us out beyond into space, which is where we need to go. You know, it's a nice bright moment where we can say, yep, in spite of all this darkness. We've actually got some light at the end of the tunnel, and this is what we're going to do. It was a—it's a, a testament to human achievement. Starting with the landing on the comet. Yeah, it but I'm not going to talk amazing. about that because I know that Richo, who's got his hand up, oh, is about to talk about yeah. that. My bad. Well, that was actually going to segue into yeah one of <laughs> one of two things that I wanted to bring up this year. One was the landing of Philae yeah. on the comet because, and this was really brushed over. Actually, you know, it was like, yeah, we did this, and isn't that good? But I don't think people really stopped to consider just what an achievement this is. It took 12 years, two years of planning, then the launch of the rocket itself 10 years ago, and and, uh, through this incredible orbit around aspects of it, bouncing it off the Earth and the Moon and Mars to to get its speed up. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of people all uniting for a common goal in the hope of learning more about the universe and about how the universe was created and about um, the, na- the the nature of the universe itself. And, um, yeah, as I said, unfortunately, I don't think people really stopped to consider just what we'd achieved here. Another reason why that guy doing the, the announcement shouldn't have worn that ridiculous shirt because it kind <laughs> yeah. of overshadowed all the rest of them. But there is something I want to talk about, and it is a bit sad. But um, And we, we did have a few, a few deaths this year that... Um, you know, obviously, Robin Williams was a was a huge one um, for me personally. Uh, Lauren Bacall's death, being a massive Bogart and Bacall fan, but um, but the one that actually affected me strangely enough was Philip Seymour Hoffman's death. Hmm. 
I, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman and I have for years and years now. I've always thought he was an incredibly underrated actor. And, um, and I'm, I mean, I got so excited when he, when he finally got his Academy Award and people would seem to be giving him the praise that I'd, you know, that I'd been sort of lavishing upon him for, for years now. And, um, yeah, and um, last night Luke and I uh, watched um, his final lead performance in a movie um which was um a most wanted man a most wanted man um and it really struck home again his death because the performance was fantastic um i really liked the film and um yeah i just i, I was actually surprised by just how much uh philip seymour hoffman's death affected me so cool. sorry to bring that downer into things everybody <laughs> what was that about <laughs> think, think, think about philly and landing on a comet and going to mars <laughs> and going to comic-con and all those sorts of stuff instead but uh and then have the song everything is awesome <laughs> playing in the background absolutely crystal the, the major one was one we talked about before about the Seinfeld cafe but i do have another one from from new york and that's probably a moment that will stick in my memory for many many years um david and i got a Probably the shortest train ride ever is just is the trip between is the shuttle trip between East Fifty First uh, Forty Sorry East Forty Second Street and West Forty Second Street. It's just like one stop. But while we were on this train, um, there was a girl further down the carriage just playing an acoustic guitar, just nice sort of music in the background. And sitting across from us was a a young man with a sketch pad. And he had a bit of a chat to David about his shirt. He said, oh, cool shirt, man. What, what's, what's that symbol? And David's like, oh, yeah, it's the Red Sun. I've got a comic on. And, um, <laughs> and then he's sort of looking at it and he's decided he wanted to draw a picture of us. So he drew this quick charcoal sketch. I mean, it had to be quick because it was only one stop. Mm. Um, and then presented it to, the, to us at the end. It was, it was just a really nice sort of moment in time. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It was good. <laughs> You've left him speechless. <laughs> it's hard to follow that up. It is. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll finish on that. This is, uh, it lifts up the downer. Yeah, sorry everybody. I didn't mean to bring it all down. <laughs> but I guess, I guess what, what you said sort of, I don't know, sort of, sort of brought home also Robin Williams. I suppose the Robin Williams. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't want to bring, I didn't I want to talk about downer stuff, but the Robin, we- Robin Williams passing was uh, was a very emotional time for me. Look, I I, I look at these things a little bit different to a lot of people. Yes, it's sad that they died and all, but for me, the important thing here is to actually celebrate their life and their achievements. And mm, um, Exactly. Well, let's finish up with our wild cards, our new introduction to our, our best dolls, which I actually quite like. It's a good idea, Bo. Uh, so since it was Bo's idea, he can go first. What's your, what's your wild card one, Bo? My wild card, favourite nostalgic TV show. Like, okay. like not from 2014. Favorite nostalgic TV show? Oh. Right here. I'm gonna go with the X Files. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> and then you guys got to pick. You guys got to pick. Oh, we got to pick. One. Oh, you, you want us to pick? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the it's first on the one. On the spot. First one that jumps to my mind is Mash because I've oh, just watched the um, the last bit of a Radar Going Home episode last night. So that's, <laughs> that, that's first and foremost in my mind the, for a nostalgic um, one. Okay, we're trying to trying to keep it quick then. I guess. Uh, Quantum Leap. No, <laughs> I'll go. No, no. Twilight Zone. Yeah, Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. Follow closely by Quantum Leap. <laughs> um, this is actually my pick for DVD release of the year because we've all been saying it yeah. for about 15 years now. Where the hell is it? Why have they not released it? And 
finally, the Adam West 1966 Batman yes. TV show was finally released on DVD. <laughs> on DVD or Blu-ray? Both. Oh, both. Okay. And it is yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know... So Adam Adam West Batman sixty six is what it was referred to as yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, just, well, it just says Batman on the box now oh, okay, but okay. but you know finally I didn't even know it's coming out I didn't even know it was coming out I just um whenever I saw someone had like uh, done a st- store pickup for it so I saw it at the counter like with somebody else's name on it and I was like what is this <laughs> <laughs> this and why does it not have my name on it. <laughs> You weren't there. It could have had your name on it. (laughs) (laughs) Website said we had them. Uh, Sorry, man. Y2K. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Y2K. God, that takes me back. years later. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about nostalgia. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I actually would have gone with Batman as well, but but I won't. (laughs) Um, This year, I've actually um, shown two different people um, the Prisoner. Oh, okay, cool. And it remains my second favourite TV show of all time after uh, The Twilight Zone. And, uh, yeah, it completely freaked them out and <laughs> has left them totally confused and messed with their heads, which, uh, you know, The Prisoner should do. So uh, that gets my vote for a nostalgic show of the year. So, Luke, your wild card? Well, my wild card was actually going to be the best DVD release. Oh, okay, cool. Well, so that segued right into it. <laughs> and I missed it. Um, so, awesome. yes. Batman. Batman, okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually want to talk about my album of the year. Nice. Um, I, am, I am an absolutely massive Queen fan, like just insane Queen fan. They are my favourite so you, You're in favour of the monarchy? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, Queen is my favourite band. That was a band. terrible joke. That was pretty joking. But, um, <laughs> Let's move on. No. Queen. famous single, My Husband and I. <laughs> <laughs> um... Queen is my favourite band of all time, and obviously Freddie Mercury's been dead since 1991, so you don't really uh, get a lot of new Queen music. Has it music. been that long? It has, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm feeling old. <laughs> but um, this year, just surprisingly, um, they released this absolutely brilliant live album called Queen Live at the Rainbow, which actually dates back, it's actually two concerts. That sounds like it should be a movie. <laughs> Live at the Rainbow. Um, it's actually two concerts. Uh, one from um, the main concert, which was from um, just after the release of uh, the Sheer Heart Attack album, which was Queen's first big hit album. It was the one that had Killer Queen on it. Um, and then an earlier concert uh, covering their first two not uh, not really all that successful albums. And um, it was actually meant to be released at the time. It was meant to be released in, in 1974. But the, the thing was, um, because that's what people did at the time, if they weren't very successful, they would release a live album. And live albums were huge. And bands became huge because of their live albums at the time. People like Slade and Kiss and groups like that became big big bands because of their live releases. But um, as it turned out, the Sheer Heart Attack album turned out to be a big number one album for Queen and sort of shot them into stardom. Um, so this was never released. And it's been talked about over the years and things like that, one of those sort of lost things that was never going to happen. But uh, they finally released it, and it is absolutely brilliant. Like, it is one of the most awesome live albums I've ever heard. And, um, yeah, and it, uh, it was just great to, to, you know, to relive the Queen experience again with, with actual music that I hadn't heard no, why was it? Was, it was not released because it was just lost in an attic somewhere or something? Like the Doctor Who episodes or something? What's no, the deal? Well, I it was get, just... No, no, they, they, they always had it. Like, yeah. they, re- they recorded it, but they didn't need to release it because... Surely the they would have released it as some, some sort of lull and, you know... Uh, no, that was the thing. Years. They just never did because... Um, partly because... 
Because the I really sound thought, recordings, they the Flash soundtrack, and that's old enough to <laughs> that's keep right. it going. Um, the sound recordings <laughs> on a lot of these live albums were not great, and uh, so obviously they had the original recordings, but really needed to sort of yeah, sit down and remaster it and uh, get okay. it all fixed up. Yeah. And um, these days, they've all got the mixes and yeah, things on the back yeah. there. And um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the wheels. You should have been. Why were you not um, a DJ? I mean, you had the hand movements all worked out. And the nice thing too is it was it was released in this special collector's edition version as well, which some friends of mine very generously bought for me, which came with a nice hardcover book of, uh, you know, photos and stories about the, the concert era, you know, like copies of, um, like, you know, the tickets and uh, the actual program and things like that as well. So, yeah, um, yeah and just awesome. It's like uh, after no Queen music for such a long time, it's, it's really nice to have something new. Like I had to sit down by myself, turn the vo- crank the volume up, and, yeah, it just literally blew me away. <laughs> well, and I know, I know what you're thinking, and you're just wrong. That's not. A I'm not wrong. Go. That's why. That's why the look on your face. That's not a place to go. It is. Uh, <laughs> so, it, uh, so we're going to have Crystal's wild card. We snuck it into the comic section. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't know we were going to have wild cards. <laughs> <laughs> I said we would have a wild card section. So we'll finish up with my wild card, which was uh, best game. So favorite game of 2014. I've been playing a lot of Destiny. I got an Xbox One for Christmas. I mean, I've you know, I've already discussed the, the, Xbox, the Xbox One woes uh, <laughs> in length, but it's, it's finally it's finally downloaded and installed, and uh, so yeah, I've been playing would, a bit of Destiny. Wouldn't an Xbox One have been like the first Xbox they released, and then shouldn't it be like two and then three? Don't oh, don't, don't try one? and discuss logic. I mean, the one the, the console before this was called the three hundred and sixty. So, you know, right, okay. Once you've done that, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> there's, no, there's no linear progression here. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so um, yeah, Destiny. It's, it's it's got its problems. It's not it's not you know the greatest game ever made, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very pretty. It's it is very pretty. Um, it's you know it is enjoyable. But uh, my favorite uh, game of 2014 was Alien Isolation, uh, which was basically an alien game the way it's meant to be done. So it basically washed out the bad taste of uh, Colonial Marines, which is just rubbish from start to finish um so it's it's a survival horror game it's a survival horror game set in the alien universe which is you know the way it's meant to be mm. and uh, it is a, a magnificent achievement so check it out so there that's it that's our that's our best oz 2014 Woo-hoo. this was an achievement my god <laughs> it was huge epic. <laughs> so uh let us know your best of 2014 uh in and uh we'd love to hear from you it's it's been uh, it's been an interesting year um especially in film, I thought is wow, great stuff in film. But uh, we'd very much love to hear your your best ofs, and we hope you, uh, all of our listeners, uh, like I had a really good, really good twenty fourteen, and, and uh, we're looking forward to twenty fifteen. It's it's upwards and onwards for NCP, and hopefully for all you guys as well. Yes, yay! <laughs> that was that was that was beautiful, man. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> So right. say we all. <laughs> oh. So we'll just uh, just I'll very quickly do um, the coming soon's, and then we've got uh, we'll finish up with the clip show. So it's pretty exciting. Coming soon in cinemas and Australian cinemas, January eighth, we get Dumb and Dumber two. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'll move, go watch it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Into the Woods, which is. Uh, Meta aspect, meta aspect, musical, <laughs> set in the Disney universe. I don't know. It's uh, not quite the Disney universe. Fairy tale. It's a Disney production. But anyway, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting. It's an interesting idea. I, I'm not too sure how. It's an intellectual how idea. How it's going to go more than an actual emotional one. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, so. Uh, we also get Life itself, which is a documentary on uh, Roger 
Ebert. 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 Yeah, Roger Ebert. Uh, which I've seen the trailer for, and it just it looks really, really good. Mm, it's been getting rave reviews, that one. Yeah. Um, and Taken 3. Oh! <laughs> Liam's back, and the film he said it wasn't going to happen. Liam needs to pay the bills. <laughs> He's got to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> which is, it concludes the Taken trilogy. Hopefully it concludes the Taken trilogy. <laughs> and then in, and then in uh, America. In America on January 9th, we have Predestination. Taken three, and Liam's back with a vengeance. <laughs> Dark summer, the world made straight. Beloved sisters, uh, let's kill Ward's wife and Black November. What's Black November? I don't know what it is, but it's got. It looks like it's got Laurie from The Walking Dead. Oh, the one that the character everybody hates. Yeah, everybody hated her. <laughs> That's why it's a Black November because Laurie's around. <laughs> Every Good. November was Black November. <laughs> well, you get uh, predestination, so you go check that. Out. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, cool. All right, so let's uh, let's, let's finish up with the clip show. Very exciting. So Crystal's uh, spent a lot of time putting it all together. So it's uh, Crystal's favorite bits from the last year, which is pretty cool. It, was, it took me a lot longer to put it together than what I thought it would. But yeah, it was it was, it was fun going back through the old episodes. Will cool. uh, is there anything in there that will embarrass us? Yes, Probably. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yes. Totally. The extra voices you may hear in the clips, uh, well, you will hear in the clips, is young Matt from ECN, uh, Ren from Forty Two Geek Street, Geek Street. Um, Greg Bo Watson, uh, Becca Silhouette, Cam, and Jazz Twemlow. The whole crew. Enjoy. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when we, when we'll come back from that and we'll say our goodbyes. So, uh, Bo's right. going to be first with We Live in Public. No young Bo this week, huh? No, you're, young... you're back, to, back to normal, Bo. Man Bo. Man Bo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's my goal for 2014 to make a million dollars for the Amazon widget. <laughs> Help me get that goal. So that means that everybody that listens to this show has to buy about what? <laughs> A hundred million dollars worth of... We get 4% roughly at the moment. We've raised the gold from a Happy Meal to... So someone has to spend spend 400 million dollars. So get going, listeners. (laughs) Breaking Bad is really chasing Amy if you think about it. (laughs) Thanks very much for me and the crew, Richo. Was our review really an epic or not? I'm not quite sure. Do you think that perhaps we could have cut maybe more out of it and told a simpler story in our review rather than actually trying to make the epic review that we did? What do you think, Luke? I think you're about to get bashed. (laughs) (laughs) Luke. Um, I think what you're doing is that you're bringing in your previous experiences with our other reviews into this review in an attempt to to justify your own arguments. Crystal. I'm going to read the book version of this review. <laughs> the book really. You have to read it. Do you read it before or after <laughs> you've listened to the review back again? So. I don't have a TARDIS. I have to read it after. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a Seinfeld reunion coming. Are you excited for that? Don't toy with me, David. No, I, I'm serious. It's seriously happening. <laughs> David, <laughs> don't don't say that unless you really mean it. Okay? I honestly, I'm honestly. I'm I'm giving you a second chance here, alright? I'm giving you a second chance here. The next sentence out of your mouth better be 100% true or don't fall with my emotions. Okay, go. As far as I'm aware, it is 100% true. 
thing. What's this anti-Detroit thing you've got going on there? That's racist. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's not racist. <laughs> Detroit's not a different race. They're still, <laughs> they're still American. But Noah Robocop's bad luck. I mean, really, he had some shocking luck. While he's fighting the Terminator, the other some criminals get involved... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And just and help the Terminator take him out or something. You know, it'd be, it'd be something. It'd be something bad, bad like that. Yeah, and then steal all his copper. Yeah, yeah. steal the rainbow copper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you're the well, uh, you're the master of the bad pun. <laughs> I'm my father's daughter. That was good. Yeah, you know the first preview for the movie. He was only in like a like a split scene, and I was like, "Wow, the extra looked just like Brian Cranston." <laughs> <laughs> and then the next the next preview that came out is like all full of Cranston. So like, I didn't even know he was going to be in the movie at first. The first preview is kind of weird, yeah. I mean, when your major star is Brian Cranston, like he's the main character. He's he, literally he's one in a, little flash in the second or second trailer. It's you know, it's it's all about the Cranston. They Cranstified it. <laughs> <laughs> This is the year of Matthew McConaughey. He's on fire. Yeah, we're living in the McConaissance. <laughs> as some people like to say. Where do you come up with these things? Man, I woke up this morning and uh, I had to kill like four zombies on my way to work. It was such a stressful day. Like I never, <laughs> God, I hate Mondays. And how do you know I didn't create the XR armor myself? How do you know I'm not like a Tony Stark, Reed Richards style genius? Because I know you, and I know that's not true. Yeah, you feel like the dumb, dumb Dugan. Miranda Otto, Australia's own, Australia's own, <laughs> uh, Bill Nye, uh, and unfortunately, the science guy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the science guy, the English Bill Nye, no, the English actor Bill Nye. <laughs> I'm not today, like, really evangelical or anything, but I grew up in a household, and I didn't find it offensive at all. I grew up in a household, too, Bo. <laughs> and Crystal. Richard's time my line. I don't know any other Australianisms. I know, that's pretty uh, sad. You could go with Shilby Apples, or... Uh, apples. Um, what else do we supposedly Bons say? Bonza, mate. How do you cook a galah? <laughs> there you go. Fair suck at the sand. Throw it. Throw, throw it. <laughs> that never sounds right there. <laughs> Uh, Phoenix is the absolute pinnacle of what was produced. You say it's better than water rats. I'm Ooh. saying it. I'm saying it, it stands on top of water rats and takes punches water rats in the face, and water rats go down. <laughs> I don't know. It's not even a scary movie. It's a great movie, and I loved it when I was a kid. I watched it all the time. Yeah. But every once in a while, I would dream about those skeletons that was on the pirate ship. Yeah. I'm talking like I was a little kid. Yeah, they're like seventeen. Seventeen. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got a cup. I can do a Bane voice. You can do a Bane? Go for it. Hello. <laughs> this is Bane. <laughs> that is so good. That's so I'm just well talking good. into a... I'm talking into my cuff, coffee mug. All right, wait. Let me get a coffee mug. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the time has come. What do you reckon? Does that work? Yeah, it works. All right, I'm doing it. It looks great. Oh, like, thank I was you. really impressed. Oh, thank it's you very really much. Good. That's 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 very. I'm I, very I glad. think there's a Grammy in your future. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't probably go that far, but uh, <laughs> is it Grammy? <laughs> yeah, especially since Grammys for music. But, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. There's a uh, Oscar in your future. <laughs>
So Sequest versus the animatronic truck. No, no, it's not the animatronic one. We're going to pretend they're real. <laughs> let's not just get, not, let's not get silly. There <laughs> <laughs> might and, be like uh, a midnight twist at the end. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't there could die. be some sort of twist. We're going to pretend they're real. Let's not get silly. <laughs> It's uh, coated in a genetically engineered bioskin that remains inert against most marine bacteria and organisms. Um, I actually don't know what that skin was for. <laughs> Sorry. Organisms, organisms. Right? <laughs> Well, it's inert against <laughs> orgasms as well. <laughs> and it's also important to note that he now looks like he does at the end of 2001, but a far better looking version. I mean, that. I mean, so, so, so you're saying he's transformed into a giant space baby? <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not, not quite the end of 2001. Not the ultimate end when he goes into the room and he sees himself as an old man. <laughs> My favourite scene is um, when Luke and Vader are fighting, and Luke just gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> Vader's, Vader's is that like, when his hand comes off, not his ass? No, no, before. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> and none of his pants fit anymore? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they just staple him to his back. <laughs> Where is this show gone? <laughs> That's really good. In Australian cinemas, May 8th, we get Chef, which is... Uh... Chocolate salty balls. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, yeah, very very excited. <laughs> Don't see how very excited. And uh, I, I am very excited. I assure you, I'm very excited. You're very <laughs> excited to talk about the devil. What a wonderful jolly fellow the devil is. We love. I mean, I'll say that actually. All hail Satan. <laughs> and challenges um, Johnny, a world class fiddler. To a violin contest, they call it a fiddling contest, but I can know, I know how that can sound. Um, <laughs> I was going to call this episode "Clash of the Slashes" in, in honor of our contest of champions, but now I'm going to call it "In Bed with Bo." In bed with Bo. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> Hansel. 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 That's cool, man. I wish, I wish my name was a little bit more exciting, but no. Dave Bo just doesn't work. Dave Bo. Where does Aquaman poop? Where does he poop? <laughs> <laughs> Where does any superhero poop? I mean, like... like Superheroes Superman, don't poop. <laughs> if Superman takes a dump in the second floor, it blows through to the first floor. <laughs> Batman was just running around being Batman. Yeah. You know, where are they? Batman, I'm Batman. You know, hey, come back to my cave. Let me show you my cave. Um. Can I have the wiki page for this book? Wickedy whack. Wiki wiki. Wiki wiki. It's quick. Quick quick. Wiki wiki. <laughs> what the hell are you on, man? Did you just take drugs between episodes or something? <laughs> Gotta take me some speed to get through this episode. Alright, here I go. Wiki wiki wiki. <laughs> That shit's kicking in right now. <laughs> I'm bopping along like an idiot here because you know, I'm very, I'm very pleased with my talents, and I've just stolen from other people <laughs> and stuff like that. Sweat, baby, sweat, baby, Texas, Texas. <laughs> we should do a jam, man. A yeah. jam. Sound like you're about to call the cricket there, mate. <laughs>
And uh, welcome to episode 97 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. Oh, look, this, this is going to be a very exciting podcast. I think it'll be very special. There's just some wonderful podcast information out there today. I'm uh, very excited. Happy to be here with my broadcast colleagues. Wow, five loops. Really it's impressive. Uh, absolutely, five weeks. Uh, maybe, maybe amp it up to six if it was. Uh, if it was a final see, wow. See, see mo- most Luke's only <laughs> go to five. <laughs> At the end, it's like, well, I can't tell you why not, Data. And he's like, because you ordered me not to. And that's like the the Who big told conclusion. You not to. It basically deals with the planet Bajor has been just recently stopped being. Controlled by the evil Kardashians. Kardashians. Kardashians are evil, but they're not aliens. Dave actually did point out Crystal probably hasn't seen too many giant movie monster movies. Giant movie monster movies. That's right. Full of action. action. (laughs) You know, the ultimate hunter, and uh, he proves it time and time again. And if he bleeds, we can kill him. Well, that's exactly right. You couldn't sound more like Frank Spencer than could you? <laughs> no, it was the worst. Days, we could kill him. It was the worst. Uh, my least favorite moment is the time that you told me the Seinfeld TV show was coming back, and then it didn't come back. <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments. So basically, any fictional character, who would you be and why? I'm going to have the same answer as David. I don't think so. <laughs> Mine's Captain Crunch. <laughs> Why would you be Captain Crunch? I don't know, because I knew you wouldn't say that. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart. In fact, I base most of my life on wanting to be Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> what was the answer to your question then? Because Humphrey Bogart can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, talk show. So they announced that Thor's become a girl. Marvel, They're Marvel geniuses. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's more it's Marvel subsidiary of Disney, Masters of Marketing. Yeah. Does that yeah. mean that Thor is now a Disney princess? <laughs> <laughs> and probably from observing people in general everyday life, but you get to see couples interact more on a sitcom because you're not with other couples every day of your life. Well, she's winners. <laughs> yeah, it is. I knew it was coming. <laughs> See, I learned that the best way to cover a hole in Shawshank Redemption is to have a post of Rita Hayworth. I think so. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I sort of, I like a bit of mid-range. I like sort of the Neil Adams size, size. so not too like long. A middle, a middle ear. Not too small. Yeah, so the middle, middle <laughs> range. And no, it's not... Um, oh, I can't believe we're in discussion about how big that is. We're a dude podcast. This is what we talk I like, about. I like about a, I like about a three-quarter ear. I think uh, that's... The, that's the way I roll. <laughs> it's 12 inches or nothing. <laughs> I saw the photos. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's photos. So there's actually, I think, we're pretty sure there is actually a footage of two people talking. But anyway, mm. I could be wrong. Fascinating. I know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so we know there's going to be at least two humans in the movie. They're not going to be, they're, they're going to be able to talk. <laughs> uh, of course, his voice work in Happy Feet. Oh, Hilarious. God. Happy Feet's awesome. Australia's owed. With ninety percent. I don't care if it's an international cast. It's Australian film, but that's all that matters. Um, (laughs) uh, Most of the actual CGI was done overseas. Um, Dude, Australia's owed. (laughs) 
Because when I, the sun hits the sky, <laughs> like a big pizza pie, <laughs> Salvatore. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's book book one of the the legend of Drizzt. Of <laughs> what now? Drizzt. 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 Tissue. You know the the drow guy. <laughs> there was I do, there was a story fairly recently uh, uh, about, I don't know about ten years ago about a kid who. Uh, was killing spiders in his microwave because he was trying to he was putting spiders into the microwave <laughs> to to irradiate them in order to then for oh them God. to then bite him. But they never he never got to the bite stage because they kept they just slowed. <laughs> Richard, I've got radioactive blood. <laughs> really? Yeah. I put enough spiders in the microwave. And I, I got it right. I'm like that other kid. Don't do a Marvel. Don't do a Spider-Man rain deal. Yeah, I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> So this is a good review, just so you know. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Wilfred is. Play- in case you were wondering, this is actually a very good review. Just- <laughs> Take notes, David. <laughs> this is how it's done. And uh, you know, zombie baby just takes them all on. It's Brit. Sounds like it should be a song, zombie baby. Zombie baby. Yeah, and maybe not that song. Yeah, maybe not that song. Um- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I really do want to play it. I want to, I want to have that experience. You know, it's all I want in life. Is I want to understand. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me clarify that statement. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want that experience specifically. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, wanna, with you. I just want to understand. Yeah. Why people do things? Like, <laughs> he okay. wants to know what love I think is. that's my purpose in life: is to understand people. Okay. I want you like, to show me <laughs> what is love. <laughs> Still don't understand that yet either. So. Well, there's time. I'm proud to be American. <laughs> and there's another siren. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be New York without, without the, the siren. Uh-huh. Proves the, it. Here. It proves it without a shadow of a doubt. That's what it has. They're coming for us. <laughs> they found Noise them. Illegal immigrants. Talking too loud. <laughs> Live in New York. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's so Saturday night. Maya the Bee, which is a children's animated movie about Maya, who is a bee. Uh, <laughs> Deliver Us from Evil was a film starring Australia's own Eric Barner. And um, is it Barner or Banner? Banner. Barner if you want to be posh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go with better because <laughs> I'm not pushing it off. <laughs> not during the whole Voldemort business, <laughs> like all the war stuff. Like just when it's just on its own. So you're not there to help out, Harry? I'm not here there. I'm not there to help. I'm just here there to eat cool stuff. <laughs> you are a very good mimic. That was a really good Alec Guinness you did uh, recently. Uh, well, thank you very much, old friend. <laughs> Diplomatic outfits that it just surely the designer knew that's what was what was going on. When I saw Tony Abbott, my first thought was, "That's no Ferengi in a monkey suit." <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you get five hundred likes? It'll be like I want a thousand likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll never stop. But you know, but it's it's really he's, good. The he's got a string w- above his head that he pulls, and banana or not bananas, balloons fall from the <laughs> bananas. Would be funnier though, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But I would kill. I'd be dead, man. What if they all fell end on end and I just they all stabbed me? That'd be pretty bad. Death by the I have to say, Red Dwarf Ten is much better than expected. Yeah. Given Back to Earth, it leaves a bad taste of your eyeballs. 
Knowing you. Knowing you. Megatron? Wrong. Megatron. Here's a hint. Here's a hint. Oh my god, I'm so sick of seeing Lego versions of trailers. I'm just, I'm so over it. I just can't, I just can't see another one. Please, for my, for my mental health, don't do any more. You don't have to watch, Dave. You don't, you don't have to watch it. Like, why do you click play? On it? <laughs> take, take my own, take my own advice. Well, you don't have to watch it if you don't like it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, what if the three of them, what if Conan's, you know, Team Conan, they like get the tiger. And the three of them maybe can pin it down and hold it hostage. And then He-Man is like, no, dog, don't hurt my tiger. You know? <laughs> I like that. That's cool. I don't know why He-Man suddenly turned gangster. Charlie Pickering's going to do a new sat- satire. Yeah, yeah. So. Bloody. They replaced the roast with some Charlie Pickering rubbish. They didn't replace the roast with it. It's going to be on a different channel. Charlie Pickering's right up there in my list of Sam Worthington and Jai Courtney. Charlie Pickering's great. Terrible. He's awesome. Hopeless. I like him. <laughs> People hate each other for stupid reasons. Cameron, I want you to start a band and call it Black Guy Stormtrooper. Black Guy Stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call it Black Guy Stormtrooper. The first, the first song is on the run. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> cool, so that was the clip show. Hope you enjoyed it. Yay! 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 I thought it was fun, especially all the bits that involved me. Of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the way it should be. But anyway, that's been our best of 2014, uh, episode 124. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, it's, a, it's a longer one than normal, so I do apologise for that. But uh, hopefully it's been fun, 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 till Daddy took your T-bird away. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's me signing off, and the rest of the crew. Richard. So what's meta aspect again? It was the meta aspect of the show. Yeah, meta, okay, meta. you can't define a word by using <laughs> the word no, in the no, definition. No, it's, not, meta, it's, not, it's two it's different a, words. Two meta is a metatextual and aspect. It had a metatextual aspect of the show. Component as well. Yeah. It created a whole new film term. Yeah, meta aspect was not a hyphenated word. It was two different words in one sentence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It works. <laughs> okay, now, tw- I, now I understand. Episode 124, the meta aspect episode. <laughs> and look. See, all you say that I can now think of is finger to the throat means death. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would not get past me. My reflexes are too fast. <laughs> <laughs> but he, Batista just kicked butt in that yep. film. He certainly did. And look. <laughs> you just referred to your wife as Luke. <laughs> talk about, talk about meta aspects. It was looking straight at me when he said it too. <laughs> what could I say? I, now we know his true feelings. I love my, I love my Luke. Oh. He was looking at you, but he was thinking of Luke. That's exactly. it. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> wiki wiki wiki. <laughs> wiki 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 quick quick. <laughs> and the unbow. 2014, not as bad as Tusk. <laughs> Amen, brother. Bye. 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 I really liked it. Bye. <laughs>